Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Angular Air. I'm your host, Justin Schwarzenberger. And on today's episode, we are going to be checking out Angular Playground for scenario-driven development in our Angular applications. Looking forward to it. Should be pretty cool. Uh, so let's get into it. First, let's say hi to all of our panelists joining us today. Today, we've got Alyssa Nichol with us. Alyssa, what's going on? Hello, hello. Glad to be here. Awesome. And we have Austin McDaniel with us. Austin, what's going on? How's it going, everyone? Just got back from Denver. Uh, super excited to, to hear about Playground. Cool. Another person got back from Denver, Bonnie. Bonnie Brennan, what's going on? I love Denver. I, I want to stay there, move there. Uh, it was it was really fun. And I'm actually, I know I always say this, right? But I'm super excited today uh, because you are really a great presenter and you're you're such a dynamic speaker. And so I'm, I'm stoked that, that we get to uh, hear you present today. There you go again, exposing who the, the guest is before oh. we get to the guest. Oh, my, I'm so sorry. I don't know how you put up with me, Justin. It's all good. It's it's fun, uh, man. The whole damn panelist crew just get back got back from Denver. Uh, Keith Stewart's joining us. Keith, what's going on? Uh, doing pretty good. I, Justin, where were you? We were expecting you there. What's up? You should have been there. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a little big big case of FOMO with that. I I was bumming. I wasn't there. If you didn't know, I actually grew up as a kid uh, just outside of Denver. So um, yeah, it would have been nice to. To have a little homecoming, but Aww. okay, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna reach out to Jesse. Jesse, uh, next year we're gonna do Angular Denver again. We have to have Schwarty, so we will we will make sure because we're gonna have, we're definitely gonna go back. It was so much fun. We love Denver, uh, so we have to go back. And and next time you have to go with us. That's it. You have to just awesome. put it on your calendar now. Last week, first week in August. Sounds like plan. Sounds like a plan. All right, so today we're going to be uh, talking about Angular Playground and how we can utilize that to work on our components and uh, pipes and directives, uh, all kinds of goodies as we develop our Angular applications. So uh, first, let's talk a little bit about um, what it solves and, and uh, the goals of it, right, and, and what that means and then how it can help us as, as developers. Uh, and then we'll kind of get into it and, and start seeing how we can do that within an Angular CLI project. We're actually going to take the Tour of Heroes application and we'll uh, use that and we'll add Angular Playground to it. And we'll see how we can start sandboxing some components and, and work with some stuff in there and, and get a feel for, for how it works. Um, so let me share my screen here first. Okay, are we good? Everybody can see that? Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. All right. Okay, so um, the, the concept with Playground, right, is and it, maybe you familiar, we had an episode before where we had a storybook, and we talked about storybook. Uh, it's basically this idea that you can work your components and um, as well as some other things in this isolation, right? Not within running it in your app, but you can actually work it outside of your application and stand alone uh, by itself. Uh, and so why would we want to do this, right? Uh, when we're developing uh, parts of our application and we need to see it in the browser, right? We need to have our application in a certain state um, at a certain uh, route 
destination, that sort of thing, in order to work on that whatever piece that we're working on, right? Say we're in an order management system and we are want to work on the line item display component, right? Well, we've got to go into that order management system, launch it in our browser, probably have to log in, go to a customer that has orders, that has shipments, that have line items, right? And all of that data has to meet some criteria that we need when we want to uh, work on that individual line item component, right? Maybe we need to have one that has uh, a quantity of 10, or maybe we need to have one that uh, doesn't have shipping because the, the location gets drop shipped, right? So there's all these different scenarios that make it, it difficult for us as we develop applications to work on those pieces. Um, and so what we end up doing is we end up, you know, having some sort of, especially when it comes to the data, right? We end up having some sort of um, sample data that we pull from in our local environment. And then we go and we add additional data to that data source in order to co cover the cases that we need. And we don't always get all those cases that we need, right? Like that case where we need a customer that has no shipping address, right? We got to make sure we have a record in there for that. And all those combos, we end up setting this data up in order to get our app in a state where we can effectively work on that code, right? And work on that component. You know, another thing I, you know, I think about scenarios uh, like, like you're describing, but, you know, tools like Playground and Storybook are also great for like, if you're a component author, right? <clears throat> and, you know, as a component author, you always have to set up these demo pages, right? Like, um, you know, it can be get very complicated, all the scenarios that you want to show within the demo page. Things like Playground, uh, in addition to those scenarios, can be used for things like building demos, isolated demos of components that you, you know, might publish as an open source project or an internal company project. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. It's you, you need a host for those components that you're working on, right? And these type of tools can provide that host without you having to like create some mock app, you know, out of the blue to, to host those, right? Great point. Okay, so with Angular, we have this power to build with components, right? It's, it's a lot different than say other um, approaches that maybe we've done in the past or whatnot, where we think about building an entire application where we're building a single screen and we have a script for it and it has parts of HTML throughout it, right? With the component world, we can really build these small chunks, right? So it lends itself to this ability to say, oh, well, wouldn't it be great if I could run that individual component that I'm working on outside of the scope of the entire app because it is componentized, right? And it gives that chunk. Same way with directives and pipes. We have that same kind of isolated code, right? That's that's a piece. And if we can just get to running it in isolation, then we can, you know, have this good experience. And really at the, at the heart of it, it's, it's real similar to how we write our specs and our unit tests, right? Around components and stuff like that. You're doing kind of like the same thing. You're, you're setting up a test fixture. You're um, providing anything that's needed for that particular component. To be able to run it and then you're you're running that test helper to say render this component do the angular pipeline thing and make it happen and then see the and run through and validate the results right um with playground you're doing a similar sort of thing you're you're basically creating a host and you're providing anything that that needs in a similar fashion to unit testing and you're able to then scaffold up and, and run your component and then you can mock out things that you feed it in order to simulate different data and different scenarios right so that's kind of the the gist of what it's trying to solve um, and, and how it provides that for you, right? Um, as well as this opportunity to then 
save and and be able to rerun and work with these scenarios, right? So in a playground, you you sandbox a component, a pipe, a directive, and then you create scenarios for it. And the scenarios are the different essentially states of those things. So if you want to have your line items with a quantity of a large number, like a thousand, and then a quantity of one or shipping or no shipping, you would set up scenarios for those different cases, put the data in there, and you could easily toggle between those and see how your component renders in each of those scenarios. Right. So you can now go back and work on that later. When you go to refactor that later and add additional functionality, you have that ability to just pull those things back up and launch them and run them and see them. Right. Show us something, Justin. Okay. So you know, the, the, the website with the title is not enough. <laughs> <All right. laughs> okay. So um, let's see here. I am going to take the uh, tour of heroes application. That's on Angular.io. I've already done this, actually. And I'm grabbing that. And we're going to, this is an Angular CLI uh, workspace project. It's running Angular 6, Angular CLI 6. And we're going to see how we can uh, have Playground inside of there and start sandboxing uh, some of these components that are in there, as well as create some new components and, and see how this all plays out, right? So the first thing I'm going to start with is we're going to take a look at this project and we're going to see I've already added a playground to it. So I'm going to show the steps of what I did. And we're going to walk through and see what, what's been changed in order to make that happen. Uh, there is a PR out right now for, for playground that provides uh, uh, ng ad support. And so hopefully that should be coming soon. So then all the stuff I'm kind of showing you right now would you just ng add angular dash playground and, and it would set this stuff up out of the box. You don't have to manually do it. Um, so that's kind of why I'm not going to go through the process of doing it. I'm just going to show you what, what resulted from it, right? So with Angular uh, CLI 6, you have this ability to add additional projects to your workspace. They're like additional apps, apps and libraries, right? Um, you can use the ng add application command to do that. So Playground, again, it's this host application. It's a, it's, it's a host environment for your individual components. And so Playground is designed to be its own Angular app, right? So what I've done is I've, I've used the ng-generate uh, application command, and I created a new project called uh, Playground. And that created a new Angular application within my Angular CLI 6 workspace, created a, a Playground 1 and a Playground EDE 1. It's just a standard. If you do an ng new, um, you get the EDUE and the SRC directory created for you for your Angular CLI workspace. That's the default app, right? Um, when you create a new ng generate application, you get the same kind of structure only in these two different folders inside of the projects folder, right? Um, and then within the Angular JSON file, yeah, you get set up as an additional project in here. Uh, you can see that there's Playground and there's Playground EDUE. So it's essentially just set up another Angular application within our workspace, right? And we can leverage that then to configure uh, what's needed for Playground to run. So Playground, again, is designed to be a, a standalone Angular application. It's designed to be able to uh, dynamically render a component uh, based on a menu selection that you make. And that's how you kind of you select what sandbox component that you want to display or Piper directive. And then that's what the Angular Playground application will render at that given time. And it just swaps those out. Um, so we've got an Angular, uh, a new application. And 
in that, uh, so that just the, the generate command to create that. And then um, we need to also add Angular-Playground to our packages. So we've done that here. We've uh, um, installed Angular-Playground, right? Um, and then we need to create an Angular-Playground.json uh, file, which is the configuration for Angular Playground. So Angular Playground has a, uh, a script that is run to generate what it needs to render your components and, and kind of set all the stuff up, right? And so that script looks for a JSON configuration file to tell it some information about, about how you're gonna, what it needs to do internally, right? And so we create this angular-playground.json file. Uh, it has a couple properties it looks for. Source root is gonna tell it, where do all of your .sandbox.ts files live? And you can think of the sandbox.ts files as the same way as like spec.ts files. They're your sandbox files that you use to sandbox a component. Um, that's where you'll put all of the, the API usage for the sandbox and the, and the playground in order to sandbox a component um, or pipe or directive. So this source root is telling it where do all those live at. Um, you have some ability to put them kind of in different places. I typically out of the box, I put them next to whatever it is that I'm sandboxing. Same way I do like a spec.ts, the same way the um, Angular style guy does with Angular IO, right? Your spec files live next to your component or pipe or directive. Your .sandbox.ts files live next to them as well. Um, in this case, I'm targeting source directory because that's where all my app code is going to be in this particular workspace. Then we have the Angular CLI property, which allows us to say, um, hey, Playground, uh, we're running this in the Angular CLI. So because of that, Playground knows some conventions that the CLI uses and it will um, kind of do the behind the scenes stuff for us. So we give it the app name, in this case, Playground. That's what I named it when I created a new, new project. Uh, and that's how it kind of wires up and knows how to target and run and launch and do its, its bits. So a little bit of configuration there. Um, then uh, I added a couple NPM scripts. Uh, so at this point here, we have uh, multiple applications within our Angular CLI workspace. So ng-serve will serve the default application when you, when you have it, um, but we need to now name these. And, and so ng-serve and then the name of the project, right? So our uh, tour heroes application, the project name is angular.io-example. So I created a NPM script called serve colon app, and it runs the ng-serve command for that project name. And then I created one called serve colon playground, and it runs the script that Angular Playground provides, which is basically you could, at the command line, you can run angular-playground, and that's going to kick off its uh, own CLI stuff to, to handle building the sandbox files and, and getting everything ready to, to render the playground. Makes sense. Any questions? Jump in here if you have any questions or anything you want to comment on. A um, couple more things with the setup of it. They were asking in the chat uh, if this is compatible with Angular 6, and I saw in the changelog it is. Yep, works with Angular 6, works with NX as well. Um, also works um, outside of uh, Angular CLI as, as well, too. If, um, you can use Webpack and stuff and, and do your own thing as well. So. Uh, Aslan said that uh, he tried it about a week ago with Angular 6, and it wasn't uh, working. Do you think that anything has changed since then, or maybe he needs to? Uh, Shoot us a message. Uh, there's a couple different things that it's that you got to do to set it up. So um, yeah, maybe shoot us a message. It should have been working um, for a little while now. So uh, maybe it's just configuration or something. Yeah. 
Okay. So if he has it, it, it should be working. But uh, should he go to the uh, GitHub issues? How should he reach out and ask a question? Because it might just be user error, right? I mean, yeah, GitHub know. issues would probably be the best best location to do that at, right? Okay. So Aslan, open up a question in GitHub issues and see if uh, if he, or try it again if it still happens. Okay. So the other couple things we need to do here is we needed to set up our. Uh, main.ts file for this playground application. Uh, we're probably familiar with the main.ts file from our Angular apps that handles the bootstrapping of our app module and, and gets everything set up from there, right? Again, all of these kind of steps hopefully will be something that will just be part of ng add command and, and will get set up for you, right? So we don't have to manually do all these things. But just a quick review of, of what is done manually. Uh, change the main.ts file that the Angular CLI generated for us. Uh, to have this content in here, it's basically saying, okay, instead of an app module, what we're going to do is we're going, uh, Angular Playground provides a playground module, which is the entry module, like our app module. And we're just going to use that and we're going to bootstrap that playground module. Um, there's a couple little configuration settings that we hand in here in this object literal, um, and that gets it up and up and running. Okay. Uh, and then the last thing that we need to do in here is we need to come into our uh, app uh, TS config for our app that um, that it's going to have our sandbox uh, or that are, that's our playground. So go back in here. Um, each of these projects that we create within an Angular CLI has a tsconfig.app.json file that extends the main tsconfig.json file and allows you to configure some additional settings and, and whatnot for that particular project or application. Uh, in this case, for the playground one, I needed to add the include and include all of its TypeScript files, as well as all of the sandbox.ts files from wherever I have them. So in this case, they're going to live inside of my SRC directory because I'm going to be sandboxing files in that application. So I had to put the path in here for that in order for the build process and everything to pick up all of the, um, the TypeScript files and the imports and stuff like that. So I had to add this chunk here to my playground application project that I created in there. Okay. I think everything's making sense so far, but I want to see something visual. <laughs> right. Let's do it. Okay. So, um, okay. So now I've got, I've got it all wired up. I've got it all in there. It's, it's in my Angular CLI project. Again, this is the, uh, tour heroes application. So let's get in here and, uh, start sandboxing, right? Let's create a new component. So the Tour of Heroes has this messages component over here that displays messages as you do things. And so there's kind of like I can look at, at user or heroes. I can save a hero. And it kind of gives this running log of, of messages, right? Pretty straightforward component. Um, and I'm going to go in here and I'm actually going to say, OK, well, that's, we want to add some features to this. Uh, messages component. Uh, let's go in here. Do, do, do. So right now, it's just rendering out this div with these messages, right? It's just looping through a, an array of message strings, and it's rendering that out. We want to add some functionality to it, some, some additional like um, styling and look to each of those messages. So we're actually going to create a new component for the messages. So let's go here. I'm going to open up a new terminal and say ng g for generate, component c for component. We're going to do message. 
uh, we are going to add this to dash dash project uh, angular.io dash example. I think what it's called. Let me check real quick. So where's your and uh, where's your server running? Was it already running from the start, or did I miss you starting it? Yes, yeah, so I have both of them running right now. I have I have two okay. kernels running. Uh, one running my the ng uh, npm run serve app and npm run serve playground, and so I have both of these over here in the browser running right now. All right. So two are heroes apps running over here. Playground's running. There's no sandbox components yet, so it tells me the message. I don't have any sandbox components yet. Um, okay. So I need to add one. And these are running the build process, running through the Angular CLI. It's in the watch mode. So as I start adding stuff in here, it'll start, um, it'll rerun and rebuild those things. Now I may need to okay. stop and restart the playground as I add a, a new sandbox component because uh, it picks those up. We'll, we'll see here in a second. But. Okay, so Angular IO example, that's where I'm going to add this component to. Um, let's just go ahead and just dry run that to just confirm. Okay, I think everything's good. Let's run that. Just a regular schematic, right? And what does dry mean again? Dry run just means that it'll show you the output in the terminal without actually adding any files or doing anything. Um, oh, okay. I, I usually try and dry run kind of everything I do in case I added a flag wrong or something like that. Uh, I see. You know, without having to go, oh, I have to revert, right? Or, you know, that sort of thing. Right. Um, Okay, so I've created this new message component, right? I've got my message component in here. Um, let me see, I'll just make this a little bigger here. Okay, it's got the default message works. It's, you know, it's got our component in here, everything that the, the Angular CLI schematics for generating component created. Um, I'm just gonna come in here, I'm gonna add a new file. We're gonna call it message.component sandbox.ts, okay? So real similar to our spec, right? Same kind of naming convention, except it's .sandbox.ts, okay? And on the for here, I'm ready to, I'm gonna close this guy here. I'm ready to sandbox this component, right? So I've got a new component. I wanna start working on it and, and create it and do all this stuff within the uh, playground. So uh, the playground has an API method called sandbox of. So we do an export default sandbox of, okay. Uh, and then VS code beep imports this link. Um, I'm not sure why, but I'll go ahead and change that to the node module package. And I am going to, and you can find information about uh, the API for the um, playground uh, on the website, angularplayground.it. Uh, but it also has all this TypeScript stuff. So you'll, you can discover it with TypeScript as well um, in your editor. So we're going to sandbox this component. So it's message component. Oops. Okay. And then we are going to add and it has a fluent interface. So we can do add, add, add. And the add method is used to create our scenarios. Okay. So we can add multiple scenarios in here. The first argument that we give it is a, a label for the scenario. So that's a message. Um, let's say with uh, plain text. How about that? Uh, and then the second thing it takes is an, we can hand it an object literal. 
and we can give it some properties on this object literal if it's a configuration for the particular scenario. Um, every scenario needs a template, right? and a template, it's essentially what we're doing here is we're creating a host component for our component that we're going to sandbox, right? So our component that we're going to sandbox is message component. It has a selector of app message. Um, so we're going to create essentially the markup that renders an app message component for us. So we're going to add our app message component into this template. And at this point, our uh, message component doesn't have any inputs, doesn't have any uh, dependencies or anything like that. Uh, so we should be able to see this running uh, in the scenario. So right now we see the playground has reloaded, has rerun itself, and now identifies that we have one sandbox component, uh, the shortcut uh, control plus P or F2 to toggle this search bar. Search bar pops up. We can see our message component in there. We can see our label with plain text. We can go to that. And now it's going to run, and we'll see if we have any errors here. Maybe we have an error. Yes, OK. Um, I think I might need to restart it. Let me, let me try that real quick. So while you're you're restarting it here, I, this this sandbox obviously is for exposing just one component here. Um, would it also make sense uh, if you had a couple of components and you want to see how they like interact together to do them together in this one template? Yeah. So really, what you're doing here, because you're sandbox, you're creating the template for what whatever you want to render, right? You have the potential to add additional components in here, whatever you want to do. Um, I mean, the sandbox, the, the target for the sandbox, uh, you hand the sandbox of a component that you're sandboxing, right? So the, the concept is there's the one, the one component that you're targeting. It comes up in this menu over here, right, um, as cataloged like that. So if I did message, it would filter out the, the list with the message component because that's what I sandbox, right? And then scenarios for that particular component or directive or pipe. Um, so there'd be some maybe potential weirdness with, with that, how you catalog that, right, to discover that. But it, essentially, you, you could um, do that as well. OK. All right, so I've got my sandbox here. I've created this uh, component, right, I've sandboxed this component at message. Uh, so let's go ahead and say uh, we want to have an input on this component. And we're going to have uh, input. And we're going to say message string, right? Okay, and then we're going to go to our message component. Oh, can't edit, navigate to that. We're going to come in here. We're going to just template literal this um, message, right? Okay. And of course, we're going to go over here in our playground and, and we're going to expect it to. Do some stuff here. Okay, so we've got it in here, but we don't have any dis anything displaying, right? Because we have no message. Because now it takes an input for that message. Uh, we don't have it, right? But that's easy. We can go back to our message component sandbox. Say with plain text, we can have another property in here called context, and the context is going to essentially be um, 
any of data or, or the object that's essentially part of the host component that's rendering our template here, our app message template. So you can think of this as like, uh, I created a component, like a parent component that's like all messages, right? And on the all messages component, I maybe have a property called messages. And then in this template, I bind that to the app message uh, input, right? Um, we can do the same thing here. So we got, uh, this is gonna be message and that's uh, hand it a property named message. Then we can simply come down here in the context, add message, that same name, and then give it whatever we want. In this case, um, uh, Angular Air, just sandboxed. So can you do the context definition again? You said it was the parent's context or the parent component's context? So it's the context of like the, the sandbox. Yeah, the, the host component, right? Because essentially what you're doing is you're, you're the, the sandbox is going to create a host component that's going to run this template, right? And that's where we put our component that we want to sandbox. So the context is any, any properties or methods that we want to attach to that host component that then we could use within the template. Okay. 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 So, so the same way that we, in our message component, we created an input, a message here. Now that's a property on this message component and in the template, right? We can use message in there. We're just stepping one level up and doing kind of the same thing here, but kind of inline through this API, right? Okay. Um, I mean, what you can think about uh, of this under the hood is basically it's dynamically creating a, a component for you. So instead of like having to, you know, you know, what it you know could look like is you just do dot add and then you would pass a component. But what this is doing is under the hood, it's dynamically creating a component for you and allowing you to like pass context. Um, and it makes for a really nice API. Yeah, thank you, Austin. And, and that's another good point I wanted to mention too, is that, you know, Angular Playground was built initially to solve the, the scenario in Angular. So it's very, well, it only runs in Angular, right? But it's, it means that it's very um, optimized for Angular, right? When we do the sandbox of, we're handing it a component and it's expecting a component type. And we're, we're working in the flow of, of what we're comfortable with and, and used to in our Angular um, syntax and things like that, right? Uh, it's kind of a little bit different from how Storybook is. Storybook added support for Angular, and it's kind of it needs to fit multiple platforms, right? So their API is kind of more generic to fit all of those different platforms, whereas the API for Angular Playground is is really an API geared towards Angular development, right? Okay. Um, but yeah, we see, see a question uh, from Chaos Monster in the chat. Uh, we can also add methods to here as well. Um, I think we'll show that here later, um, but actually let me just show it right now real quick. I can come in here and I could do uh, like a um, log message, right? On our message component and we wanna just console log message. And then we wanna go into our message component um, and we wanna say button. Click log message. Um, wait, no, I want to do actually, 
get a little confused here. I want to do an output. Output log, right? Uh, new event emitter. And uh, we are going to go in here and delete this. So let's say our component had a um, log.emit. He means, oh, right. uh, Martin means in the context object. Yep, I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, okay. Martin. Okay, so this what is crazy doing, because you're live coding and watching the YouTube chat at the same time. And that requires some serious skills. I'm really impressed, Justin. Okay, so we, we got our product owner changing our requirements <laughs> of our new message component right on the fly saying, hey, we want to have an output where we can allow people to use the message component and wire up to a, a click event on that that would, um, or wire up to an event that would report back the message, right? And maybe you can think of this as like, the message is gonna hand back as the formatted message, right? Um, so we could see how we could get there, right? So in this case, we created an output called log, um, uh austin remind me or anybody else um do we is a pattern to do like on log here's our name no that's actually an anti-pattern um it should just be log or um also another pattern that we use is logged adding a uh, uh ed like a past tense to it okay. let's do that so our log event emitter we're going to emit the message when you click on this button uh, that's going to float up through the output of this component. And if anything's wired up to the output, um, then it will receive that, right? So now we can go back into our sandbox component. Uh, oh, I need to add some uh, text to our button. Log it. Okay. Because now we can see in our sandbox, we've reloaded it. We've got our message here that we put in our context, right? We've got our log it button in there. Um, we click a console, we see if we click on it, nothing happens, right? Because we didn't wire it up. So now we can come in here, we could say, um, how about in here, Austin, can we do on log it in here? Chaos yeah, Monster in, says Codalizer will complain. In the, um, in the actual implementation, you use the on keyword uh, for prefix then. That's the correct behavior. Okay, so here we go. We got on log it, and we're going to just do in here, we're going to console log message, right? Um, and then so, in our template, we're just going to go log, what did we say? Log, logged. logged, right? So it's supposed to be logged in the, in the child, and then when you catch it up at the top, it's supposed to be on log. But like, that's just a convention, right? It's not going to break if we don't do that. Right. Okay. Make just making sure. <laughs> okay. So what do I got here? What do I got? Did I create my output correctly? Of all eyes on on helping me out here, real quick. Well, that's what, uh, yeah, Sarun in the in the chat is saying that that event emitter line is not correct. So Sarun, tell us what it should look like. Group debugging. <laughs> right, right. But there's a delay, so we have to wait. And I don't see, um, 
Because you got locked out of man uh, in the in template. The sandbox. Was that uh, formatted correctly? Oh, he's saying it's imported. Um, event yeah. emitter is imported wrong. Because the event emitter should be imported oh. from Angular Core. Yeah, there you go. Uh, it should be up there in line one. All right. YouTube chat for the win. Who is that? We need to feel like, yay, for whoever that was. Sarun and, and uh, Chaos Monster both are, are uh, telling us this is, All what, right. this is what we so, need to do. Full disclosure, I, I, I want to make it clear, I'm not hating on VS Code. I like VS Code a lot. <laughs> Go back and forth. But this is where, like, I, and I'm sure there's probably plugins or something that I just need to add. You know, I have it pretty vanilla right now. But WebStorm picks this stuff up for me and gets these right inputs and stuff. Like I'm kind of used to that. So I do development on that, then I go to present. So there you go. That's uh, okay. Luckily, we have our chatters. And, yes, uh, we have a bunch of experts. I love, it. I love it. Okay, so I've wired that thing up, right? Uh, I clear the console. Yeah, this is like really small. Let me just see if I can increase this font a little bit. And let's hope that log it logs the message. It did not. Okay. So what do I got going on here? I shouldn't have sidetracked. I decided to sidetrack. All right. Um, <laughs> it was Martin's fault. Thanks, man. It's all your fault, Martin. <laughs> oh, duh. Event. Let's see if I can learn, remember how to Angular, right? Uh, <laughs> it's hard when you're live streaming. Just a little bit here. Ha, 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 ha. Okay, clear this. Okay. So what I've done, right, is I've... I created the context of message. I got my message object here, right? I also created a on log it function in here that I can bind to this event log that our component has and set that up. And now in the sandbox, when I hit log it, I get my you know, uh, output working, right? So it allows us to say, look, whatever the requirements are, however this component is set up, right? I, I can sandbox it and start creating different scenarios. I could even kind of come in here and do dot add, add a new scenario uh, with no log it, right? Um, and I can set up a similar template and I can start seeing like, well, is this gonna work? Is my API for my component gonna work? Do I have it all set up, right, correctly? Uh, let's come in here. Let's remove this a little format here. Remove that. Right. So now I've got two scenarios. I use the fluent interface of add, add, gave them labels with plain text with no log it. Come back here to the sandbox uh, or to playground. I can bring this thing up and I can see that I've got the two options, right? I can swap to the with no log it. Um, there my console out. Obviously, if I click on this, I've got no errors, right? I got no reporting in the console because I didn't bind that that thing up. And it appears to be okay that I didn't bind log to anything, even though my log it uh, inside of here uh, is emitting an event through this event emitter. Um, but basically, yeah, it gives you this, this opportunity to now set up these scenarios for that different component, right? Another thing I could do is I could come in here and I could go, uh, Let's add another one with, um, if I can, this thing to respond here. With long text. Uh, 
we remember from our last episode if I can lure them inside of a single quotes with uh, Emmett? Anybody know? Yeah. Oh, inside of single quotes? Yeah. Ooh. I don't know if I can. So I'll <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> one of these. <laughs> right. Okay. So now I can come back here in Playground, right? And I can go to this uh, with plain text, right? We see the plain text. I can go with long text. Now we see our long text. Now you can imagine at this point, um, as we're working this component, somebody's developing this component, we say, look, it needs to support styling and everything for when this thing gets really long. Maybe our message is we wanted to have a, a fixed width on it. Well, now we can go and we can, you know, work that message component, work that CSS, uh, change it and have our scenarios to get it in that state, right? Um, to test that thing out and see. If we go to our Tour of Heroes app, there's no messages in it right now that have long text. They're all really short. So we really don't have a way to kind of confirm in our application that our design for our message component is going to support a longer text within our UI, right? We would have to go in and, and find where the sample data is in our Tour of Heroes application. We would have to add some long text to it, right? And then we'd have to know what event or, or what thing triggers that message to show up here in the logs. We'd have to go through this UI and and you and do that in order to trigger it, in order to see it, just to get to the point of seeing if our message component worked with that longer text, right? This playground allows us to do that rapidly uh, without the um, burden of that entire application, without all those steps, uh, without all that sample data, all within the single file. That's really just a side file, just like a spec file is to our application, right? No real impact to our our whole application as a whole, the build, the delivery of it. Um, we don't have to be concerned about that being something that gets sent to production, you know, accidentally didn't change the data back or, or whatnot. Um, it's all isolated in this nice environment that we can work with and, and control and, and rapidly develop with. I have another question from the YouTube chat if you have time. Yep. Uh, they want they want to know if you can like pull in more complex components. Like, can you have something that requires a child component within it? Yeah. What about dependency injection? You know, typically when we're building out, you know, applications or something, we need some sort of dependency injection. How does that work out? Y'all just got whispered in your ear, like, "Hey, tell them to start transitioning to the next part, right?" <laughs> oh yeah, it's that outline. Let's do it. It's the segue. No, it wasn't us, Justin. It was it was a chaos monster from the chat, and Sarun. It was them. It wasn't us. Okay, so um, <laughs> let's keep our message one alone here now, right? Um, let's sandbox one of the existing components that are in here. Okay, so we're gonna do the hero detail component. So let's take a look at that puppy. So first we're gonna take a look at the uh, TS file for the class, right? Oh boy, look at this thing. We've got a constructor with uh, three dependencies that are coming into it, right? Activated route, hero service, and location. And it uses these things throughout its, its code base, right? Uh, ng on init. We know that, that when that component renders, it's going to call this git hero. Well, what does that do? Well, it's going to grab the param map from the snapshot of the route. So we know we're going to have activated route happening here. Um, we're going to have our hero service. And it's going to call git hero. And it's going to return an observable. Um, and it's going to set up and set the hero to this hero property, right? Um, and it's going to do all kinds of different things for us just on init. So if we were to render this thing inside of the sandbox, 
it's going to run that code, right? So now we've got a bunch of dependencies we've got to deal with. How are we going to sandbox that to get it into our, our state? We can do that. Let's go ahead and uh, jump over here. I'm going to add a new file right next to here. Detail. Okay. And I'm going to start doing our export default sandbox of. We're going to fix this. Uh, hero detail component, right? And we will add an add. We will add, let's just call this default template. Uh, and this is, we got to go to hero detail. What is this selector? App hero detail. Ta -da. Go back to it. I don't think it, it does have an input of hero. All right. Okay. Um, is that how it's used? Well, let's just see. Let's just try it out. Okay. So let's go. Uh, Back to our sandbox, we say it's got, we can create a context here. Context, say name it hero. Uh, it's gonna look something like this. It's gonna be as a hero. Let's see if they have a TypeScript class for that or an interface, looks like they do. So we can kind of make that a little bit easier. We can go hero equals hero. And I'm going to actually name this mock hero like that, just to kind of make some clarity here uh, that we're handing it what we're handing it, right? Because um, again, hero is the input that's available on the app hero detail component. And we're handing it a, a model, a value, right? And that value is coming from our context, which we named mock hero as hero. Um, Let's see what we've got here. It's got an ID and a name. So why don't we just give it uh, an ID and mock it out. How about 10 uh, and a name? And let's call it Doc Angular. How about that? OK. Let's go over our playground and see what we got. Let's pull this thing up. Um, actually, I think I'm probably going to need to, oh, no, there we go, OK. Um, so we see I cleared out my search. I've got this hero detail component. I'm going to go to default and I'm going to get some errors. And I expected these errors because it's the same way as if we were to uh, write a test or uh, start using this component somewhere else. It has dependencies, right? Uh, so now we need to make sure that we set up all those dependencies. The same way if we write a spec, we have to set up all the dependencies that it needs in order for it to run within the, you know, the test fixture, the test runner, right? We're doing the same thing here. So now we got to come back in and we got to kind of solve those. So we know that um, we go to this hero details component. Let's just start with our first error, right? Cannot bind to ng model. Well, if we go to the hero detail component HTML, we see that it's using the template driven forms ng model, right? So we're going to need the forms module. So in order for this component to work in an Angular application, it needs the forms module. Well, it's getting that because it lives within the um, hero tour of heroes app which in its app module probably includes the form module, right? The playground doesn't have that. So you have to set up anything that it needs. So it's, it's another one of those things that's good about it is that when you run your components in isolation, you quickly see 
what does that component depend upon, right? So now you kind of start getting an idea of your uh, ng module structure, um, where that lives. If you want to start using this component somewhere else in your app, um, and it and the point at which you use it in your app doesn't have those dependencies somewhere in the tree up above it, um, your component will fail, right? And you'll be trying to solve these problems of why is it fail? Well, once you sandbox it, you kind of have this clear identification of what all's needed in order for that that component to work. Like, what does it require, right? Um, when we look at this component and we look at the hero details component TS file, we really don't see any. It's interesting on this case because we really don't see anything about forms module right in here. The only way we know it is because that template has the um, directive for ng model, right? Uh, so, but when we run it in this isolation, we see it right away. So we can figure that out. Okay. So we go back to the sandbox, we say, okay, so one of the things that we can do at the sandbox of level, and this is for all the scenarios for this component, we can send it an option, uh, options object that we can start configuring some stuff that will permeate through all of our different scenarios. So like in this case, we're gonna say, look, we can uh, send this thing in an object literal. And one of the options in here is, is we can do uh, imports. And these are gonna be real similar to the same, uh, metadata properties that you see with a uh, ng module. When you use the ng module decorator and you hand it an object literal and you set up the metadata for it, it has imports, uh, declarations, providers, that sort of thing. The same thing gets exposed through this API because again, you're, you're building. So one of the things that Sandbox Playground does is not only a host component, but it also makes a host ng module for that host component. So now you can control everything that you need to do that this thing depends upon at the ng module level uh, by the sandbox of property, or even at the individual scenario level as well. So in this case, I'm going to import forms module. Okay. Um, if anybody wants to jump in here and tell me why my um, VS code is resolving those things to the deep node modules path, uh, that'd be great to hear. But uh, I would love to hear I, that as well. <laughs> yeah, I've been seeing that too. So maybe uh, maybe someone can log a log. Okay. So I've imported this forms module, right? The same way I'd bring it into an ng module. Um, now I've got my next error, which is saying that it can't get the injector for activated routes. So now we're into this. Um, constructor where I have these three things injected into the constructor and I haven't provided them. So I can start providing them. And again, I can do that at this level here where I could do providers. Um, again, this stuff should look pretty similar to when we're setting up an ng module and I can start providing those things, right? Um, and Justin again, Soren said that was uh, that thing you just mentioned was a bug in TypeScript 2.9. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. Um, are you, Bonnie, are you keeping track of the, the questions in here? I see one real quick and I wanted to answer it, but um, I'll, I would love to answer it at the end here. Um, so Yeah, the one from Martin. Yeah, uh, the, the deployed as a living style guide. Yeah, yes, I it, it does. And you I can, am watching the chat. Yeah, okay. I want to answer that later, but uh, yes. Okay, I so, won't let you forget. So this hero details component, we said it needed the activated route. So let's just provide some mocks for it. Okay, so we do provide activated route 
Okay. Right. And then we could uh, use value here. And we could give it an object. And if it's we go still in, squiggling it, like that's wrong. Is that wrong? Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Thank you. Because activated route doesn't come from forms. Oh, okay. That is weird. It's, do that's so. Yay. We never doubted you, Justin. It is weird, but I've just been seeing it so much that I thought it was normal. So I'm so glad you guys are telling me otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we can take a look at this and, and activated route. It's going to use the snapshot off of it. It's going to call param map and get off of that. So we, what we really need to do is kind of mock that out, right? Um, that gets a little more, more complicated here, um, but we can do that. Let's see. Let's just go in here and there's going to be this property called snapshot. And there's, it's going to have a property of RAM map. And I believe there is a helper function that comes from the router that we can use. It's called like create RAM map or RAM map, convert to param map. I think that's it. Um, and I think this thing takes in params, which is a key value. So let's go back to our sandbox and we can just go, what is this, whoops, what does this component need here? It needs the one called ID. So let's just ID that. And I don't know, we'll give it a one, right? What I'm doing here is I'm just basically creating this mock uh, activated route object that's going to have the signatures that I know that this hero details component is going to call off of so that I can have it use this as the provider and, and mock that and, and return those values. And again, this convert to param map is just a handy thing that comes from the router that allows you to kind of create a param map object that has the get method, set method, that sort of thing on it or whatever. So I mocked out the activated route. I come in here with my errors. I'm hoping that I'm past the activated route. And now I'm on to another one, which is HTTP client, right? Now our deductive skills in, in debugging stuff um, can say, okay, well, well, I'm not using HTTP in this component, but I have this hero service. My guess is that the hero service probably is doing that. So let's just go ahead and, and finish off our mocks of these two hero service and location. And I'm thinking that the HTTP client will go away. So if we look at the hero service, we look in this component, we see it uses git hero and update hero. So we basically just need to make a mock that has those two in there. Um, and in this one, I'm actually going to do that at the scenario level so that I could have different scenarios that return a different hero if I wanted to. Um, so I could do this and go uh, in here in this default one. I could do another property called providers, same sort of deal, give it an array. And at this point, I can do provide. Uh, this is going to be the hero service. Bring that in, use value. And it's going to have two methods on it that I said were get, I, get hero and update hero. Uh, so we could do get hero. And that is returning an observable. 
And so I could just use the observable of function and I can have it return, you know, a hero mock hero here. Um, is this, what's the shortcut for import? Import there. That's not going to be right. How about <laughs> um, RxJS observable of, I think. So you're saying WebStorm doesn't do this because I I just thought this this fun with imports. No, it, it's resolving for me correctly. Okay. okay. Does anybody know what of how I import of from RxJS? I forget offhand. Don't don't you just do it directly from RxJS? No. I guess. I think you just do RxJS observables. Yeah, it's RxJS. You don't want to pull RxJS. That's going to be the operator. It's RxJS slash observable. Yeah, you don't want to just do RxJS because it's massive. You can, but you should not. Saying that's not where of of is. I think but... it's operators, RxJS operators, isn't it? Observable lowercase. Oh, OK. <laughs> What RxJS version are you using? I'm just going to ride with RxJS for now. Here. And we'll see that. If anybody wants to look that up and, and figure that out. Mo says just directly from RxJS, and RxJS observable is deprecated in 6. Everybody says <laughs> the, the chat just went crazy. <laughs> okay. It's just RxJS. I'm sorry, you guys. I, I stand corrected. Okay, so we've got our, our hero service mocked out, right? We've got a git hero. It's just returning. Let's, let's give it, um, that's actually, uh, well, this component's a little confusing because there's an input for hero, but then it also can pull stuff from the uh, uh, route. So um, let's, we'll figure that out here in a minute. I don't know. Um, okay, so we've mocked the hero service. So the last thing we need to mock is the location service. And if we go and look in here and we see that, see what, this thing uses for location, right? So it's uh, on the go back call, it calls location dot back. So let's just mock that out so that it just doesn't do anything. So let's provide this at this top level as well. Um, go another provide location. I already know this is going to give me a, a different path. How about this one? Okay, we're gonna use value, given an object literal with a um, path, I think is what I said. We'll just have it uh, have a no op function, right? Okay, so now over here in our sandbox, we got things happy. We provided everything that this thing needs in terms of um, the injected stuff into the constructor, right? We've got our mocks in there. We've got everything kind of in place. Um, we can see that we don't have a ID or a name in here for our hero. Um, so that's curious. We have our default scenario. We've bound the input to hero, right? So why is that not working? Interesting. Well, let's go back to our hero details component. Let's take a look. We've got hero here, right? Input. Interesting. We've got our git init, git hero, 
that calls get hero right away calls our service, which then sets this hero to hero, right? So really what's happening, anything we hand to this input, it's getting overridden, right? As soon as on init runs and get hero and the hero service returns a value, right? So it's actually kind of cool here because now we've got this, this case where we can say, oh, well, that's not working as expected. It seems like there's this, this API for this component that allows you to set the input to something, right? Um, but that input value is never used because it gets overridden right away. Does that make sense? So we've kind of discovered kind of a flaw in this component, a potential flaw in this component, right? If, um, if somebody was to go and use this in our app and say, oh, there's a hero detail component. It has a hero input property. I could just simply you know, wire that up like I did here, right? Oh, it doesn't work. So why is it not working? So now we can kind of discover that, kind of work that through, figure that out, that sort of thing. So we can see from the code in this particular case that it, it wants to use that return value from git hero. So if we took this and kind of just move this into here, right? And from our mock git hero service, we're gonna return that. Let's just get rid of our context because we know that this kind of doesn't really work. They're saying you're missing a back function oh, on line 33. Oh, thank you. I need it path, but it's back is what that location, what we use in that component. Thank you, chats. Okay. They're so on point today. Yeah, everybody's helpful. It just made me imagine like if you always had people, like a group of people watching you code being like, that was wrong. Do that right. You spelled that wrong. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. Well, see what you need is you need to code it and then have somebody else that fields those questions. Cause this is like perfect, right? Mm. I can officially code. I can have somebody else field the questions as they, as I like. <laughs> yeah, it's like the new way to work three. You need at least three people, right? I don't know. Um, okay. So now back in our sandbox, uh, we've got our user coming through, right? We've got our hero. We see it in here. We've got the form all in there. Um, we've got it all sandboxed out and, and created that scenario. And we could easily come in here and go, okay, well, let's make another scenario and let's do my favorite type of scenario with this kind of stuff. And let's go, this particular hero that we want to return is doc angular with a super long last name, right? Why is this your favorite one? <laughs> because, you know, I feel there's this, this thing in, in application development that a lot of people don't support like long full names like Schwarzenberger. And so <laughs> why, from my experience is always like wrapped or, you know, crazy broken because my name is long. So, okay. Um, okay. but it's real easy in our, in our sandbox to kind of set that scenario up, right? And then uh, work our style, our, our CSS, our layout to support that sort of thing, right? Okay, so I remember I when Twitter this. got long enough for you and you were excited. Oh, that was like the best day ever. <laughs> <laughs> my full name in there and have I, I remember that I struggled awesome. so long I'm like I don't want to like have part of my name and do my family wrong it's I gotta just wait and I wait do my family wrong <laughs> it was worth it it was okay so now here we see you we load that thing up we see oh with the long last name right oh our form field is not big enough to show that maybe we care about that maybe we want to make that thing bigger and so we can start discovering these things right um and then we could come in here and, and change that style and, and work that stuff, right? Um, I don't know if there's a, a form element for this input. 
height, font size, padding left. That I don't know. Let's just get crazy. Probably do some not very nice CSS, but let's just do with a hundred percent. Go all the way. Go all the way. <laughs> we get the rebuild, live reload, right? We got everything. Oh, look at oh that. god, you know, that we, looks we sexy. Have the CSS we're, we're getting into here contained there, right? Um, but I mean, I can work this component. I can do these changes. I can figure this stuff out. You know, all without having to go to the tour of heroes. Go. Oh, well, I don't have a long last name. One, I have to maybe have to load it up here. Um, Go in here, heroes, add, you know, a long last name just to be working my component, right? Um, in order to get to this case where I want to work that. Now I don't have to go through all those steps. I have it a sandbox. I can work that in isolation, no problem, right? Another thing is like, you know, as a UI developer, right? Like we always have to spin up these huge backend servers and all this type of stuff to run our app. If we can just like turn on, you know, playground then uh you, you can just run that little nice node server so it makes developing like you don't have to start up all this stuff to to get going and it's you know your battery on your mac will last longer <laughs> I, lo I love it thank you it's just like perfect perfect point right um when you run this the playground it is uh transpiling all the files right but it's only building what it needs for that dynamic component, essentially, at, at that given point, right? So it's just the, the one application with the one component on it um, and whatever dependencies you provide it. So the, the reload time, you know, when you make a change, the rebuild time, that's all going to stay fast and performant. You know, one of the goals with Playground is to be a solid developer experience tool, right? Is to say, you're working on a component, how can you make that as, as efficient and as fast as, as comfortable as possible from a, I'm working on this particular component directive or pipe scenario, right? Um, and so it's, it's geared towards that. It's geared towards that speed of that rebuild and all that experience, right? Um, so yeah. We have more questions in the chat. We have Jeremy Wilkin in the chat, Justin. Awesome. Uh, but first we have uh, Chaos Monster wants to know if you can use NGRX and set the store to a special state with Playground. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can use NGRX, you can use NGXS, you can use whatever you need to do. It's, it's again, it's real similar to like writing a spec, right? And what do you do to solve scenarios within your spec? I mean, you're writing the code in here. Um, you can, you can build helper methods. You can do whatever you need to do to ar uh, architect that case, right? Um, again, because it's exposing to you the uh, metadata properties for like ng module at this sandbox of level, um, it's exposing uh, some of those uh, component uh, metadata properties at the add for the scenario level, you're able to do that the same way you build out your components in your Angular application and solve those cases. You can do the same thing here, right? Um, one thing to note is, is really there's kind of, there's a little bit of a diminishing returns as you work things in isolation, right? And this is not necessarily a playground thing. This is just the concept of when you are sandboxing, when you're working in an individual component, depending on its dependencies, things get complicated, right? We saw in this case, we had several dependencies, a forms module, as well as three things that got injected in the constructor. It wasn't too bad to mock those out, right? Um, if this component has a child component that has multiple children component inside of it that are all, you know, Angular components, you have to scaffold all of that stuff out in order to be able to render your component. Um, but makes sense. I mean, you as we build applications, that at some point you're in the application, right? It makes more sense to just go in the application and work it. 
Um, so there'll be some diminishing returns as your components get more complex that you're sandboxing, but um, it gets you pretty far. And it's, uh, you know, it solves a lot of stuff. And, it, you know, again, like the lower level you go down, it, the even more it shines, right? In terms of you got presentation components, they have inputs and outputs. It's really easy to sandbox those, see those scenarios. Um, yeah. My favorite was when I was working, I was working on a, a pretty complicated app and, and it was really extremely interactive and there was video and since there were several uh stages that you could go through and so every time i made a change i had to like click through like seven different screens before i got back to the component that i was actually trying to work on uh which is this is just perfect for that kind of scenario where i want to test it i want to i'm developing it and trying to really make it perfect on the ui but i gotta click all this other stuff to get to where i need to be and it was frustrating so this is or even for like when i had a different on the last job i was working on a different team working on the back end and they were constantly wiping out the data and so for something like that where you're just like and now i get to repopulate the database so that i can test <laughs> what i'm like working on so that's i love this this is great it is we have more questions if you have time, Justin. Yeah, let me touch a little bit on that stuff too, real quick. Um, yeah, I mean, you can think about it. Like, it's not just like I need to have a record with a long name. Maybe I need to have records that have special characters in them. I mean, you start unfolding all these different cases, right? That your data needs to be in in order to see it in your UI. And, you know, without something like this, you're updating the database, your mock data with that stuff, right? Um, or you have a local JSON file, you're updating that and you're committing that, like this kind of takes that out of the equation and makes it easier and isolated to do that sort of thing. Um, and, and then like to Bonnie's point, you know, you have an application that maybe in the running of it, while it's in the browser, you start clicking things that changes state, right? The state's not part of the URL. So it's really at runtime that you're, you know, displaying certain things, toggling modals on and off or something like that. You make a change to the code, your browser reloads. That just wipes out your state and you're back to having to click that again just for like a CSS change you made or an HTML markup you made, you, you changed. Um, this kind of eliminates that because now you you stage what that state is for that particular component and a refresh should just put you right back into that state. Um, now there's ways to go around about that previous thing in, in other ways to solve that, but it becomes difficult, right? And so this, this kind of tries to target how you can um, solve that case and, and make it a better uh, and more efficient developer experience for us all. Cool. Okay. What other question? Okay. We had, well, uh, Jeremy had asked, well, I think we already talked about the, can you use NGRX and set the store to a special state? And you answered that one. Um, and then Jeremy wanted to know, is there, or will there be a way to have sandbox that toggles features instead of making a new sandbox for each case? You could probably have like a sandbox uh, config file, right? Um, I'm kind of trying to discern what, what you mean by that question. Hey, uh, so Justin, I think what he means is basically um, like Storybook has knobs where you can you know, change the properties of like the inputs on the, um, within the Storybook. Uh, is there any way like we're going to have this feature where, you know, I can change interact with the component inputs without having to like make another scenario. Okay, I got you. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, thank you for that. Yeah. So, like in this scenario here, some kind of tooling that you could pop up, you know, similar to our search that we have here, that would allow you to change the context data on the fly or something like that, um, rather than having to change the scenario here, right? 
and just kind of toggle it. Um, you know, I, I don't know if that's on the roadmap for Playground or not. Um, I mean, you can kind of, with its scenarios, gives you that opportunity to kind of set up those different scenarios right in the code. Uh, so with this thing on or off with this other thing, you know, you would set up different scenarios to do that. You could solve it with that right now and then just switch scenarios. Um, but in terms of interacting with that context state, I don't think there's anything on the roadmap right now for, for Playground to do that. We also had a great question uh, from Matthew Harwood, who wanted to know if there was an entry point for add-on like Storybook, and he wants to contribute. We love it when people want to contribute. Yeah, so you can go to angularplayground.it, and it'll have a link to the, the GitHub repo for that. Um, so you can certainly open issues there and, and um, get that discussion going on there uh, with the maintainers of that project. Um, for the... Uh, what was the first part of the question? Sorry, I forgot about that. Uh, if there was an entry point for add-on, like Storybook. Oh, yeah. Um, I think there's an open ticket for potentially um, providing that opportunity. I don't think there's anything on the roadmap for it, but there's a there's an issue standing that says that it you know might consider doing a, a plug-in type system. So you can take a look at that and, and see where that is, maybe comment on that issue and, and open some dialogue on that. Um, or turn that issue into a PR. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, another thing I wanted to mention too is that all of these uh, sandbox scenarios, they have a deep link to them. Um, so each time you select a scenario, there's a, there's a full URL to that sandbox and that scenario. And you can have an additional query param uh, at embed equals one, I believe. And what that's going to do is it's going to allow you to um, use this deep link and you could iframe that into some other application and it'll run the uh, playground without the menu system and everything else, like all the overhead and just run that one component that or, or whatever you've sandboxed, right? So like over here, I'm hitting F2 to bring up the menu that doesn't bring up the menu because that menu is not in the UI anymore. So it's designed to say, look, do you want to create your own living style guide? If you want to um, build out that site where you render out examples of, of these different components that you have and showcase how to use them, you can deep link into those because you can, so Playground is, is an Angular application. So you can serve it, you can build it, you can deploy it, you can run it on a server. Uh, I think there was a question earlier about that. Um, you know, we're, we're running that here in our Angular CLI as a separate Angular application. So there's a, um, you can get an output from that, deploy it to a server. You know, of course, it's a, it's a snapshot at that given moment of what all your components that it, that it sandboxes at that given time. Um, but you can do that. And then from there, use this, you know, embed link to embed it into your living style guide or whatnot and kind of have that sort of scenario. It's a hybrid living style guide, right? Um, you still have to push code out there as, as you've saved changes to it or whatnot. But, um, but yeah, you can do that. Okay, other questions? I think we got them all. I hope we got them all. There was a question about showing observables in the playground. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. With we this, did that already. Um, mock of the uh, provider for the hero service. I got a meth mock method get hero and I just use observable of to return that. Um, 
So essentially this hero service has a prop, has a method on it that returns an observable. So I was able to mock that out with the of uh, right there. Again, you could do this at any level. So if your component actually took in an input that was an observable, we could do that on the context, right? In the in that sandbox, we could do something like um, you know, context. And if this had, you know, it took an input of um, what was it, hero, dollar sign or whatever, I could do of um, oops. All right. Uh, and then the hero data here, or whatever. And then if this actually worked for that particular case, then they could do something like this, right? That makes sense. And I promised I would not let you forget about Chaos Monsters question. Um, and I was about to forget about it. The one for the one we saved for later. I think I think that was the one about deploying and running playground on a server. Yes, if you could build it uh, and deploy it as a living style guide. And they're oh, he, and they're asking more. I don't think they're going to ever let you leave, Justin. You should just cancel your afternoon because they're they're still asking more questions. <laughs> <laughs> this is your fault because this is a really cool topic and everybody's all interested. So I, I hope you didn't have anything planned this afternoon. <laughs> well, that's, that's good. I mean, that's good. I, I would love to see you know a lot of people finding use out of this um, to solve these these cases. I think it you know it, it just it always gets me excited to to be in that development world when I'm using something like this, because again, I hit these scenarios all the time. Another good example of this is that, um, let's say you have your application and it calls API services that you don't control. And those API services happen to be down. Well, what do you do in your dev environment? Like, do you stop work? Can you not run your app and get to that component and build on it, right? Um, that's a blocker. Uh, you can, if you sandbox your component that you're working on and you provide a mock for those services where it's calling that backend API, you can easily set that thing up. Well, not easily, but you can set it up and, and have it um, mocked out. And you can continue your work and build out that component and work on that thing. You're not blocked anymore by you know your system being down or, or these roadblocks that, that come up. So that's another big benefit. When I Just to, to add to the benefits of it, I, one of the things I've been playing around with with uh, some of the designers on our team uh, recently is to uh, create a sandbox for a, a new component that we want to work with and then actually hand that uh, over to the designers to, to work directly on the HTML and CSS uh, and get it looking uh, looking good before the developers pick that back up and, uh, and start wiring in all of the other functionality. And that flow seems to really be working well for our group right now. Yeah, and that was... Uh... Another one of those intents to solve with with this tool is to make it so that um, you know teams can rapidly develop components, pipes, directives, uh, and add the logical plumbing later. But how can you get you know your team working where you could say, okay, I've got somebody who's maybe uh, on the team that that doesn't have the skill set yet to do all that logic plumbing for the component, right? Uh, where it gets its data or how it you know processes you know a bunch of click events or things like that. Um, but you do have people on your team that can do that HTML, that CSS, can get started and, and get the, the core guts of that thing rolling. Um, this provides a method to do that. 
because you have the host, right? It doesn't even have to be in your application yet. You can just add the component. You can write a sandbox for it. It gives them a place to start developing that outside of the application before you even start bringing it into the whole application and wiring it all up. Um, you, you, it kind of helps eliminate those blockers and gets multiple teams and multiple skill sets able to work on pieces of the application and be productive, right? And then the other thing is as once you have these sandboxes in there um, created, then it allows people to iterate on those things going forward, right? Um, and uh, and that process becomes faster. You can add more scenarios and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. All right. Anything else? I man, I I could probably well. You can sandbox pipes. You can sandbox uh, directives. Is it real? Same sort of concept here, right? Um, I'm not going to touch on that in in this episode because uh, I'm already long. But uh, you, you're essentially creating that host component, right? So the same way we went in here and we in the template rendered an app hero detail component here, we could render. You know, if we were doing a pipe, we could just render a a template literal with uh, the pipe implemented there and see that in our scenario, right? Same way with a directive. We could put like a div in here and utilize a directive in here in this template and be able to sandbox cases, the scenarios for our pipes and our directives as well. It's not just components. Cool. All right. Uh, that it? Anybody have any other comments or anything on the panel? I think there, I mean, we're still, we have a couple people who joined us late and uh, are still asking questions. So I think if you joined us late, I would say maybe consider uh, going back and watch. I think at, like right after you end the episode, it, it might take a while for the recording to pop up. Um, but some of these questions I'm seeing are duplicates. So if you did join us late, go back and and, uh, and watch the episode. And then if they watch the episode and they still have questions beyond that, what would you suggest, Justin? I think because we had so many questions in here and we had so much great participation from the panel or from the, uh, not from the panel, well, from the panel too, but I was talking about the awesome uh, YouTube chat people. Maybe we should come up with a, a hashtag and if they have continuing questions, they can like hashtag Angular Playground and, uh, and then we can go and maybe see if we need to have another episode. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Um, we can continue that discussion there for sure. So one word, Angular Playground, is that what you're saying, Bonnie? Hashtag Angular Playground. So if you guys have more questions uh, after the, because we covered a lot of questions and, and we ran way over our episode time. So if you guys have more questions, just go to Twitter and, and then we'll check that. And if we get enough questions, we'll just do another Angular Playground episode. But next time, we maybe we should pull a Chaos Monster in to the... <laughs> oh, yeah. He has a lot of good questions. But he, see, the thing is, he has questions, but he's on a delay. So whenever there's something wrong with the code, he's like always in the chat, like with the answer and he's right, but he's too late because there's a delay. So it's like, it's not fair because yes, he has a disadvantage. Should, we should pull Martin in for sure. Plus it's always good to get Martin's face on the internet. <laughs> okay, so, I, want, yeah, so. I want to touch on one more thing, one more question that came up and it's like, how do you deal with like global styles or global imports and that sort of thing as well? Um, right. Again, keep in mind that the playground that's set up here is just another Angular app, right? It's in the Angular CLI as a project, which is just another Angular app. So we can go into the Angular JSON file and uh, go into the assets, go into the styles, go into the scripts, and add anything that we need in there that's required for our components to 
to work with, right? So if there's any global styles, like in this case, you create a new Angular application in, application in here, it creates a style CSS file for it. We can add imports into that file, or we could add, you know, imports into this, or, or you link paths into the styles array here in the Angular JSON file for that particular project. So we can kind of do the same things we do for an Angular app, our other Angular applications, and solve those cases here. Um, but one thing I would, I do want to point out with that is the power of running this thing in isolation helps you to discover um, the styles that you have on your particular uh, component or what that you're working with, right? And where those things are just inheriting stuff from above, right? When you sandbox your component and you run it in the playground, it doesn't have anything styles bleeding down from any parent components, right? Unless you give it to it. Um, so you see right away if if your component is adopting a, a font and it looks great in your application, you run it in isolation, it doesn't have that, you know, font is a bad example, I'm sorry. How about like a color, right, or a size um, of that, that text? Um, it could be inheriting that from above um, and getting that bleed through, but when you run that component in isolation, it doesn't have that, right? Um, that could be okay for your application, but what it also can tell you is if I use that underneath a different component, and the parent component I was using it under set those styles, then when I use it in a different component, it's not going to have those styles and it's going to look different, right? Um, and normally you wouldn't see that until you go to use that in this new location, right, in your application. Uh, with the sandbox and the, with the playground, you can discover that right away, that like, oh, it, it doesn't have the font color that I wanted. Oh, because it's inheriting it from some component up the tree, right? Um, it just happened to work because it was running in that case. But if I ran it, if I use it somewhere else, it's not going to work that way. So I need to add that style to that particular component to ensure that it's always going to have the, the font color that I want, right? Um, and same way with the dependencies and everything. Again, it when you run it in isolation, it quickly identifies where your dependencies are of that component, whether it be you know classes, services, or even styles and that sort of thing, um, markup structure and stuff like that. So it's a great discovery aspect as well to keep you understanding um, what you, what you've architected with your components. That makes sense. Ooh, I am beat. <laughs> you were awesome, Justin. Okay. I hope, I hope that was very helpful. I'm going to stop sharing here. Um, all right. So yeah, I, I hope that's a helpful introduction. Uh, I encourage people to, to check it out and, and throw it in there again. It's just like unit testing. So there's no uh, necessarily no big impact to your application. You can add it to your existing project, sandbox something, check it out, see what it's like, get that experience, see if it's something that'll help your daily workflow and um, ride with it. All right, do we want to do any picks? Anybody have any picks? Just Angular Mix that's coming up. I'm super excited about, and I think tickets are still available. So if you want to see me and many other amazing speakers, <laughs> And uh, it's also, it's in what, like, I want to say Orlando. I know it's Florida area. Universal Studios, Orlando, Florida. Yes. So that's always a really uh, interesting uh, location. So yeah, my Angular Mix is my only pick. My right. pick is uh, Rocky Mountain High by John Denver, because I had never been to Denver before. And it was like such an experience. And I, I, I've known that song my, my whole life, but now it has all new meaning after I went there in person and experienced it. So yeah. Did, did you go to Red Rocks? I did. Don't even get me started. We'll have the, the show's already gone over. You don't even want to hear about how much I love Denver, but it was amazing. 
yeah, I love Red Rocks. Okay, I'm, I'm curious, do you happen to find a um, Star Wars Imperial um, Trooper action figure there? Because I <laughs> lost one as a kid when we went to see Bruce Springsteen there. And oh my gosh, I'm sure it's still there. I love you, but finders keepers, man. No? Actually, <laughs> Uh-oh. Where'd he go? Justin? Yes. <laughs> but probably weathered and, you know, and yeah. For like I can neither confirm nor deny who that was because then I would That is hilarious. Am, but okay, so he didn't find it. Well, next time you go there, yeah. look for it. I, I will look for it. All right. Uh, Keith, do you have any picks that you want to shout out? Don't feel pressure to, you don't have to. Sure. Well, I, you know, one, one thing, um, I, I won't get into too much depth in this, but one thing I've been looking into a bit recently is, um, uh, the Google design sprints. If anyone's not familiar, I would uh, recommend checking it out. It's, it's kind of this, uh, iter this way of iterate, uh, having an iteration over your design flow for, uh, working with your designers and product owners and even bringing in, your end users to try and help you validate very quickly uh, new features in your in your process. If you haven't heard about it, check it out. Cool, cool. All right, that's a wrap. We've got a, I believe we have two episodes next week. It's a bonus week. Uh, we're going to be talking XPlat for multi-platform tools with Nathan Walker. Uh, that should be cool. Then we've got a, a special bonus episode on Wednesday. Um, You'll have to tune in to find out what that's all about. Uh, and then uh, following week, we're going to be talking about native script. And then a little ways down the road, we're going to uh, have Dan Wallin on talking about containerizing Angular apps with Docker. And that's a little ways out. But uh, some of the things on deck for our show. Hope you'll join us and uh, hope we can help you uh, find improvements in your Angular development. All right. Have a good one. See you later. Bye, guys. <laughs>